Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast, Justin Cuthbert hanging out on Thursday, June 3rd and three games into the third round of the conference finals of the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs. And the story this morning is the Colorado Avalanche taking a 2-0 series lead over the Edmonton Oilers and moving to within two games or two wins of reaching the Stanley Cup final. And it feels like that coronation from Colorado, right? At least certainly in the Western Conference, but also probably as Stanley Cup champions if we are to pick a winner right now. This group is unbelievable. And what I do appreciate them, maybe more than anything else, is that the identity, at least up front, but a lot, a lot of, a lot of it extends to the back end as well. Is so consistent. It's odd to bring up Andrew Cogliano first when talking about all the talent on the Colorado Avalanche, and I kind of scratched my head when they brought him in. But what he is at the very bottom of the lineup is another player with speed, who can, in his limited shifts, just keep the same attack going, keep things uniform for the Colorado Avalanche. Because what's clear when sizing up. These two unbelievably fast teams, the Colorado Avalanche and the Edmonton Oilers, who play with a pace that really only themselves could maybe measure up to, is that Colorado is faster. The Avalanche are so fast that the fastest player in the world, Connor McDavid, gets a full head of steam and their best defense men, not just their best defensemen, their best defensemen, Kale McCarr and Devontae's who make up their top pairing. And the ones that are chosen for the McDavid matchup can calmly and coolly stay in front of number 97 and make the play. There were two moments in game two, which the Avalanche won for nothing, by the way, where McDavid finally looked like he was going to break loose. Moments against other team where McDavid was guaranteed to make the point of attack on a netminer. But both Kale McCarr and Devontae's were able to turn him away with ease. And really, I think that was what set the tone for this game, where it was just not going to happen offensively at least for the Edmonton Oilers there was however some kind of strange strategy from Edmonton in the game with Jay Woodcroft breaking up Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl spreading those two superstars across two lines to this point Dreisaitl had been tethered to McDavid mostly through necessity right because he picked up that high ankle sprain late versus the Los Angeles Kings in round one and could no longer skate the way he needed to in order to hold down a center ice position, he was limited, but what he could do is hang out around the boards, pass the puck to McDavid, be the guy McDavid passes to. Um, but at least I guess now that we've reached the second round or the second game of round three, Woodcroft and the training staff believes that 
dry sidles on the men. So he decided Woodcroft being uh, that the Oilers needed a little bit more balance. They needed more balance to take on Colorado, to neutralize what Colorado had to, to be able to create some sort of mismatch. But I think he was wrong. The Oilers, all I think they needed in game two was better goaltending in order to have a chance, which they got from Mike Smith. But the offense was disjointed with McDavid and Dreisaitl apart, and the Oilers were limited to 24 shots, no goals, of course, were doubled in scoring chances. I think they spread themselves a little bit thin in the game. Now, Dreisaitl is that guy, right? He can drive his own line. One of my Hart Trophy or votes went to Dreisaitl, fourth on my ballot. Um, But he's not right right now. And the Oilers stumbled into something pretty spectacular probably beyond even their expectations when they put together McDavid and Dreisaitl. And it hurt them, I think, at least moving away from that. Meanwhile, Nazem Kadri just continues his redemption march, uh, and he's continued to keep his nose clean. He picked up three primary assists over the space of two minutes and four seconds in the second period, which really turned the tide and was the, was the sort of defining moment or moments of the game. Uh, those three goals blew, blew the game wide open. Colorado was not looking back. From there, And for the Avs, Kadri's been that key driver of the secondary scoring. His hat trick versus the Blues really was the decisive moment in the series versus St. Louis. And now he has his signature game in the Western Conference Final. Any opponent that spreads themselves thin, like I think Edmonton did, well, it presents an opportunity for the Avalanche through Kadri, who has figured this whole thing out, it seems, obviously, after a couple really disappointing ends to his postseasons, and good for him because listen Toronto Maple Leafs have convinced themselves here after their latest postseason disappointment to be patient to trust Shanahan and Dubas and Keith and the core that they'll be able to get over the hump that they'll be able to fix and right the wrongs but where was that patience for Nazem Kadri why was it reflexive with Nazem Kadri a couple years ago they needed to trust their own ability to work with the athlete instead they shoved him out the door and into a better position with the Colorado Avalanche. It's patience now, I guess, for the Maple Leafs because it's convenient for them, right? You know, I, I think the Leafs made, if they've made a mistake in this tenure, it's parting with Nazem Kadri, who is going to make himself, who has already made himself a lot of money, but is going to make another team happy when he goes in free agency, likely this summer. Anyway. Uh, Pavel Francouz had the shutout for Colorado. And if it's Colorado and New York, just a slight tangent here, at risk of embarrassing myself, I think we need to set the pronunciations right on Francouz and Lafreniere. Just a suggestion because we are, as hockey media people, to a man and woman, butchering those two names right now. And I think on the biggest stage, we should probably have them right. But for Francouz, the moment was too big for him a couple years ago in the bubble when it looked like Colorado made a real critical error not addressing their goaltending. Uh, and it might just be too big for Francois if it's him in the Stanley Cup final versus Igor Shishjerkin or Andre Vasilevsky, assuming the Avalanche do in fact get there. But this is a quality backup, netminder. Uh, and with that extra attention that goes into the defensive game plan, when there's a backup in net for a lockdown defensive team at their best, like Colorado, that might be when they're at their best. The avalanche are mighty scary when they have an attention to defense because that offensive stuff, well, it comes pretty easily to them. Uh, quickly to New York and Tampa Bay who have game two tonight, tonight being Friday 
at Madison Square Garden. Game one, very interesting game. And I think one that should be validating for the Rangers. It saw Igor outplay Vasilevsky. Um, but I don't think it's a game that should necessarily change the way we think about the Lightning. That's because I think, you know, the game conditions really favored the Rangers. Scoring early, producing goals immediately after allowing them. I'm not sure that's a repeatable thing in games two and beyond. But staying out of the penalty box was big too. I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning do some of their best work on the power play and of course didn't really get those opportunities early. They can, like the Lightning, hold the lead. So getting the lead was important for them. And expecting the Tampa Bay Lightning to come back for a third time in the game because they did tie it twice uh, is probably too much to ask from them. So the resolve will be tested for Tampa Bay. Uh, You know, they're what, 18 and wins in a row now after a loss in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And the expectation probably should be that Tampa Bay does even the series, but the lightning do look a forward short, like quite literally they are a forward short that one forward being Braden point, but they were playing with 11. So they are a one forward short. And that meant more Corey Perry, more Pat Maroon and Pierre Edward Belmar minutes when you're down to 11 forwards and when dealing with life without Braden point, it's almost inconceivable that they tore through the Panthers in the manner that they did without Braden point. But as you know, but like it is with the Rangers or like it has been at least in game one with the Rangers, the game States managed to favor the lightning in each of those games versus the Florida Panthers. They could favor the bolts again in game two and beyond, or the Rangers could get exactly what they need again. Like the bolts had in four straight games versus Florida, which probably mean that Tampa's run is finally over because unlike previous lightning teams, there is a difference between what we have now and what we had maybe even before they figured things out in the NHL. I'm not sure that they're a team that's equipped to chase games. They're less like the lightning that had that historical season, but lost to Columbus for good and bad reasons. And the Avs now, and You know, I think Tampa now is like that intelligent team that lies in the weeds and strikes when it needs to because it knows how to deal with these situations. Uh, They're not like the Avalanche and they're not like they were before. There are penalties associated with the salary cap after all. And finally, Daryl Sutter named Jack Adams winner and rightfully so. Um, And if you've been listening to this podcast, uh, you know, we cashed a big ticket on Daryl Sutter plus 2,500 to win the NHL's coach of the year. I believe we got that in late November, and that will be the gem of the entire season. And that's with this podcast still waiting on a plus 1,900 ticket for Igor Shesterkin to win the Vesna trophy. Uh, More awards to be given out in short term, Selkie, Lady Bang. Before June 21st, we get all the major winners. The Hart, Vesna, the Norris, the Calder, all that fun stuff. Uh, and we'll be here to cover it all this weekend with Julian McKenzie, some game threes and game fours on deck. And of course, we'll be back next week to update you on where these series are on the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.